All right, folks, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our Power Parsha. So today is, uh, today is March 26th. Um, that's the English date. The Hebrew date, I think, is a little bit more significant. The Hebrew date is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Today is the first, first day of the Jewish month, the Hebrew month of Nisan. This, um, I hear George Jetson. Um, his boy Elroy. Okay, here is, um, here's the deal. The significance of today is it is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. This is the first day of the month of Nisan. And it's super special. It's a new month. It's a new energy. It's uh, the month of redemption. So we individually and collectively should be filled with this uh, redemptive spirit and uh, all the, all the mishigas, all the criticism should come to an end and all the pain and suffering and the, and the um, illness should come to an end and there should only be good he- healing and positivity. All right, let's jump right in. I'm going to share my screen. Hey, Sandrine, good to see you. Um, okay, I'm sharing my screen. We're going to go straight to... The Torah reading for today, this is Vayikra. This is the first, uh, first uh, portion of Leviticus. This is section number five, corresponding to Thursday. And today's topic is all about the sin offering. These were the sacrifices that were, that were brought if somebody uh, made a mistake, somebody committed a sin, somebody did something wrong. Now, of course, this discussion, it does not pertain to us. Right, present company excluded. We are certainly not ones who would need to offer at any point in time a sin offering. But what happens if a person makes a mistake? So we're going to explore this today. And I have, once again, three insights that I'd like to share with you. If you take a look, um, uh, you guys can see my screen? Yes? Okay. Take a look at verse number two. This is chapter 4 of Leviticus, verse number 2. God is speaking to Moses, and he says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally by committing one of the commandments of the Lord, which may not be committed, and he commits part of one of them, etc., then it goes into the details of who did it, and what did they do, and what did they bring for it, etc. But the opening preamble is, If a person sins unintentionally. The language in the Hebrew is very important because the, in the English, the word person could have many different forms in the Hebrew. In other words, the English translation of person could be Adam, person, Enosh, person, Ish, person. Many Hebrew words are translated loosely as person. But what does it say in the Hebrew in our context? Take a look. I'm about to highlight it. Oops, there we go. In the Hebrew. It says, Nefesh. It says, speak, speak to the Jewish people. They are saying, Nefesh ki sechte, a soul that sins inadvertently. It doesn't say a person, it says a soul. Now, why is the English translation saying person? I don't know. I guess they were just being loose in the translation. Nefesh is soul. That's what it means. In fact, because it used the word nefesh, because it, um, because it uses the word nefesh, that prompts a beautiful commentary or a beautiful way of reading the verse. 
and that is not as a statement of fact or possibility, but rather as a, as a, uh, as a wondrous question. In other words, it's a question of wonder and, and surprise. And you can read it like this. Nefesh kisechta. Could a soul actually sin? How does a soul sin? If you talk about, you know, a, a body, that's one thing. But nefesh kisechta. If we didn't have a soul, if all we had was a physical body, if all we had was an animal soul, that's one thing. But here we know that we have a godly soul. And the question is, if we have a godly soul, yeah? The question is, if we have a godly soul, then nefesh kisechta. How could a godly soul sin? How is it even possible? Right? How is it possible to, th- that there should be the, the possibility of sin while we have a nefesh? And the answer is the next word in the Hebrew, which is bishkaga, which here is translated unintentionally, but more accurately means unwittingly or without knowledge. Here's the meaning of this. When is it possible for a person to do something that goes contrary to who they truly are? It's when you forget who you are. You see, the way that mystics understand sin, it cuts against the very definition of what a soul is. A soul is a piece of God. The godly soul is literally a piece of God. How could a soul ever commit a sin? And the answer is because sometimes human beings forget who they are inside. We forget that we are, uh, that we possess a divine soul. We, pos- we forget that we possess a piece of God. We forget that we're the sons and daughters of the Creator. We forget, and because we forget, therefore we commit a sin. Um, there was a, fam- there's a famous, uh, well now she's famous for other things, but the, fa- the, uh, the poet, um, she ran for president. Marianne Williamson? Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, so she said, she, she wrote years ago that our greatest fear is not that we are, I'm paraphrasing, not that we are, are unworthy, but our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And that's really, that's really what we're talking about here. We have a soul, we have a nefesh, and the nefesh is incredible, it's invincible, it's divine, it's infinite. And we have that, that we, and we have that peace inside of us. So how could we ever sin? And the answer is because sometimes, bishkaga. Sometimes we forget. It doesn't mean in the literal. The literal meaning is a person committed this sin unintentionally. But what it means here in the deeper sense is because a person is not connecting, is not connecting mindfully with who they really are. That's how it's possible for a person to come to committing a sin. So, what's the antidote? The antidote is, remember who you are. Remember how amazing you are. Remember how spiritual you are. Remember how godly you are. Remember how divine you are. Remember how, how spiritually beautiful you are. And when you and I remember this, we are less likely to do something that puts us into uh, the commission of, of a sin. In other words, if a person connects with their inner beauty, they're less likely to do something that is self-destructive. That's one explanation of, of, uh, of this phrase. There's another explanation that I want to share with you, which is also a bit of a deeper explanation. And it may not be exactly the same thing. In other words, it's a little bit different, but that's, that's also cool. 
One might ask the following question based on a simple reading of the verse. The verse is talking about, again, putting aside what I just said about uh, not being in touch with who we are, which is why there's a possibility to, to do things that are self-destructive. Putting that aside, um, the notion of needing to atone for an unintentional sin, which is what the Torah is saying, if a person sins unintentionally, then this is the process of atonement, that itself might evoke a question. If you didn't intend on doing a sin, so then why do you need to atone in the first place? Are you with me on the question? In other words, if it's a premeditated sin, if you did something wrong and you intended on doing it, that's one thing. But if you didn't, if it's an accident, you know, you, you forgot, you didn't intend, it happened, whatever, you still need to atone for it. Why? The Torah says, yeah, you do need to atone for it. It's actually a sacrifice called the carbon chatas. The sin offering was brought exactly for unintentional sin. And again, the question might be, if I didn't intend on doing it, if it was a mistake, so then that's it, move on. It's a mistake, say sorry, and that's it. Why do you need to bring a sacrifice? Why do you need to bring an offering? So the Rebbe explains very powerfully that sometimes, how do you know what's lurking in the... Um, how do you know what's really lurking under the hood of, of a human being, of a person? It's in their unintentional actions, right? It's the stuff that comes out by accident, that itself is indicative of what's really going on in that person's subconscious. Because if it was not at all, if everything was 100% kosher inside, then the unintentional act wouldn't happen. If we were truly connected, truly, you know, um, pure inside and out, then even the unintentional action um, uh, wouldn't, uh, it, it wouldn't have happened. So again, the insight says that when a person commits an unintentional action, although again, consciously, a person might say, it's not my fault, but the only way that that happened is because subconsciously there's something that needs to be fixed. So the process of bringing the, the sacrifice, the sin offering, the process of atoning for the unintentional um, sin is not it's, not, it's not atoning for our conscious awareness because we, we, it wasn't intentional. It's atoning for, it's correcting, correcting is a better word, it's correcting the subconscious, what's going on beneath the hood. And I'll tell you this, you know, if a person premeditates uh, and does something intentionally wrong, it's easier on some level to feel remorse and to fix the problem. But when a person doesn't intend on doing something wrong and they do something wrong anyway and they hurt someone or they hurt themselves, so a person might give themselves a free pass and say, well, I didn't intend on doing it, so, you know, I don't, I don't need to say sorry or I don't need to, to look inside and be introspective. And the Torah's message is, no, no, no. That, this is precisely the time that we should look inside because it seems like there's something inside subconsciously that's driving us to do it and it's easy to brush it under the carpet and pretend it's not there because I didn't mean to do it, it was unintentional. So that's exactly what we should focus on and, um, <clears throat> and make a special effort to correct. That's the second insight. Makes sense? Anybody want to jump in thus far? Comments, questions? Yeah, I've got a question. Go for it. I've got a Roger here I'm looking at and Neth, I'm still hung up on Nefesh. Yeah. And Rashi is such a stickler on grammar, he doesn't even mention it. Why? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. It could be that elsewhere, one of the principles of Rashi is that if he's explained it elsewhere, then he doesn't need to do it each time. So it could be there's another Rashi earlier where he talks about the meaning of Nefesh, but I don't have, I don't have that at my fingertips. Um, but, but certainly on a, on a deeper level, on a, a more spiritual understanding, 
what I said before is brought down in the good books, that it's, it's, um, it's referring to, well, actually, I'll tell you the word nefesh works with both of these explanations. The first explanation is, how could a soul ever commit a sin? If you have a soul, how could you sin? And the answer is, bishkaga, because you're forgetting who you are. But even the second interpretation, which says that an unintentional sin um, is indicative of something that's, that's, that needs to be fixed subconsciously, that also fits with nefesh. Why does it say nefesh? Because it means even deeper than your consciousness. Somewhere deeper in the soul, there's something there that needs to be corrected um, and because, that, because you weren't even thinking about it and you committed a sin. So it means that there's something inside in the nefesh, deeper than the consciousness, the subconsciousness, that needs to be tweaked and corrected. By the way, none of this is meant to be a negative thing. It's not meant to, no one's perfect, right? This is not a judgment, it's not a negative, it's all about positive correction. How do we positively correct who we are? We have two lessons so far. Number one, remember who you are. Number two, sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper. And, and, and it, the danger is a person might say, I didn't mean to do it and let themselves off the hook. The Torah is telling us, no, no, don't let yourself off the hook. This is precisely the opportunity to dig deeper and, and find something that can be improved and work on it. So don't, don't give yourself the excuse. Work on it. It's good to work on ourselves. I want to mention one final idea, and that is, if, uh, so just to run you through this, um, it talks about the anointed Kohen sinning, right, which is uh, the high priest. It talks about the entire community sinning, right here, entire community sins, um, which is basically... You know, for example, if the high court, if the Betin gives a ruling about something and they were wrong and everyone listened to them and everyone therefore did the wrong thing. Imagine if the, the high court back in the day in Jerusalem issued a ruling and the entire nation followed it and then they put out an oops retraction. Now what? So everyone has to bring a sacrifice or there's a way, not everyone, there's a way that that, uh, that that works out. There's a sacrifice on behalf of the people, fine. But I want to focus on, for the last point, I want to focus on this one, verse 22. This is really powerful. It says, if, this is referring to the king, if, a, whoa, I can't get the whole thing. Um, there we go. If a leader of Israel sins, if a leader of Israel sins, referring to, not the high priest, not the court, those were the previous two. This is referring to the Melech, the king, back in the day. But look at the Hebrew. Again, focusing on the Hebrew, it's really important. It says, Asher Nasi Yechata. Asher. The word Asher. The word Asher means that. That, this, that the leader will sin, etc. So what? it's a weird word. It should say Im. If, as the translation here is if, again, it's really, really hard to study Torah from the English. I mean, if, if, you know, if, if that's the best we can do, that's the best we can do. But you don't know what you're reading. What I'm saying is there's no way to tell in the English if you're actually getting an accurate description of what it says in the original. And that's very important. It's not like a small difference. It's a really big difference. The Hebrew doesn't say if. It doesn't say the word im. It says asher, which means that, which is more of a certainty. So the first point is, number one, a leader will make a mistake. If you have big decisions, right? If you have a lot riding on your shoulders, if you're always being under the microscope, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. 
Asher nasi yechita, it's going to happen. But I want to share with you what Rashi says, because Rashi takes it a step further. I'm going to go back up to my screen, toggle on Rashi. Wait, nope, sorry. Toggle Rashi on, look at that. Chabad.org comes through. Let's go back to verse 22. Look at this, it embeds Rashi right here. Here we go. Look at this, verse 22, right here in that small text right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off blue. Oops. If the leader of Israel sins, Hebrew is Asher Nasi Yechta. Why does scripture use the word, sorry, why does scripture not use the word Im? If, like in the cases of verse 3 and 13 above, the answer is that Asher, I said it means that, it's inevitable. Rashi says another interpretation, and this is what I want to conclude with. Asher is an expression, expression reminiscent of the dictum starting with the word Ashrei. Ashrei, like Ashrei, Yoshrei, Veitecha, right? Ashrei means fortunate or lucky. Namely, fortunate is the generation whose leader does not hold himself too high, but rather gives attention to bringing an atonement offering for his unintentional sins. And how much more so will he experience remorse for the sins he has committed willfully? And here we have an unbelievable idea. The Torah is telling us, Asher Nasi Yechta. Number one, it's probably going to happen. Number two, fortunate is a generation whose leaders face the music whose leaders apologize, whose leaders make amends for what they've done, even unintentionally wrong, let alone intentionally um, uh, wrong. The point here is transparency in leadership and the notion that a leader, a true leader, is someone who takes responsibility and is not afraid to say, I messed up, even when it was a mistake. The notion of, I can't make a mistake, or I can't admit to making a mistake, because that's going to show a sign of weakness. The Torah says, on the contrary, that is a sign of strength. Those of you that took the course, what was the course name? It was... The course was... Oh, gosh, I'm forgetting it. It was... Um, I'm forgetting the, the title of it. It was a year and a half ago. No, it was like a few years ago. It profiled six biblical figures. We had a profile on King David. And we asked the question that everyone asks when you study a little bit about King David's life and times. King David, by all accounts, reading scripture, committed, uh, he, he did something that wasn't so, wasn't so kosher. That's the way it seems, right? He did something that wasn't so kosher, and he caused, some, uh, he caused a lot of pain for others. So why is it that we celebrate King David? And the answer that we gave in that class was, we don't celebrate King David for the mistake, or even for his military victories, or even for his, you know, the other stuff that he did, other accomplishments, which were amazing. We celebrate King David for the fact that after he committed the sin, that after he did what he did with Bathsheba, he said... Chatasi, I sinned. And he spent the rest of his life on a path of, uh, of atonement, of, uh, of, of trying to seek forgiveness and remorse. And that's why he is the mighty King David. Not because he didn't sin, but because he did what he did and he 
took responsibility, and he lived the rest of his life in that process of teshuva. And so the message here is, when it comes to a leader, the mark of a leader is not perfection. The mark of a leader is honesty, transparency, and taking responsibility for his or her actions. I'll tell you this, this is true on a, on a larger sense, but it's also true in a personal sense. Sometimes parents think that they can't say sorry to their kids. You know, the parent does something, says something, but they don't want to admit the weakness. They don't want to say sorry because that'll make them see it because it's going to admit it's a, a weakness. And now the child may not respect them. The Torah is telling us the greatest respect is born of owning up to, to the mistake. If a person can get, can, can be honest and be transparent and do the work to fix the problem, that is the greatest sign of a leader and that engenders respect and not the opposite. So, in the final analysis, three points. Number one, today's Power Parsha, message number one, remember who you are. Message number two, sometimes there are factors beneath the consciousness and the subconscious that drive our behaviors. Always take responsibility for that. And number three, the greatest sign of leadership is not ignoring mistakes. It's not pretending they didn't happen, but it's rather owning up, taking responsibility, and correcting. Any questions or comments? Rabbi Ari, I have a question, and I know I joined in late. I'm sorry. I, I had to, a meeting I couldn't get out of. But the, um, the, the first thing about knowing who you are and owning up to, you know, the, um, your, you know, the, the, the subconscious mistakes, it, in, when, when God speaks to the people, this is all about offering sin. This is all about sin offerings. Right? Correct. So, so how? What is the practical modern day um, uh, accountability? You know, active accountability for going back to two. You know, if you unintentionally, um, you know, if you unintentionally sin, but knowing that you will. What is the, what do we, what we don't do the... Well, it's the, same, it's the same thing today as it was then. Because as the commentators say, if anybody thinks that you could bring an animal sacrifice and that magically wipes away the problem, that's a mistake. All the commentators say the same thing. When you have a sin offering, right? We talked about voluntary offerings the previous days. When you, when you have a sin offering, it's a big mistake to think that the Torah is telling us, oh, you made a mistake, bring an animal. Hocus pocus, it's done. No, 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 that's not how it works. An animal offering was intended to be a wake-up call to a person to realize that there's something inside. The inner animal needs to be corrected. And a person to think that what's happening to the animal should really be happening to us or we need to be self-inducing that on some level. It was all about the internal work. That was a way, a trigger, to induce the internal work, but the internal work had to happen. If a person just bought the animal offering but doesn't regret doing it, didn't, uh, doesn't feel sorry for it, and is going to repeat the same thing again, guess what? There ain't no atonement. Tshuva is not a, uh, you know, it's, it, there's no easy fix. It's, it's about internal work. That was coupled with the external sacrificial process, which today we don't have. By the way, today, instead of the sacrifices, we have prayer. Prayer is on the external side of it, reading words. On the internal side of it, it's 
knowing what you're saying and meaning it. But when it comes to tshuva, there's really no easy way out. And it wasn't then either. So we shouldn't feel bad that like, ugh, I wish we had a temple. It'd be so easy to get out of the trouble that we got into. It still wouldn't be so easy. It would still require the, the inner work. So that's what I was saying before. Um, it's easier to, to, to realize that the inner work is necessary when you feel like you really did something wrong. But if you feel like it was an accident, it was unintentional, I didn't mean it, then we let ourselves off the hook and that compounds the problem because there's clearly something there that lurking underneath the surface, which is why this came out. You know, somebody says something hurtful and then afterwards they regret it. Like, oh, I don't know what came over me. I don't know what I was saying. Like, I feel terrible. That wasn't me. I mean, that was you because you said it. So yeah, if you were in control, you wouldn't have said it, but somewhere deep inside that lurked, that, that's lurking. If it, if it wasn't there anywhere, it would never come out. Are you with me on this? Right? If it's totally, like, if it totally is not present, then there's no way for it to come out. Where did it come from? So if it comes out, it means that somewhere it's inside. Now, the problem is that it's easy to, as I, say, I said before, it's easy to push that away and pretend like that's not a problem that needs to be focused on because I could say I didn't mean to do it. It was a mistake. It was a mistake, so I don't need to fix it. The point of this, the point of my second, the, the point of, uh, of lesson number two was, that that's precisely what needs to be worked on. It's those mistakes that really need to be worked on. Number one, it's deeply embedded within, it's in the subconscious, which is even deeper, you know, even, even you know, embedded in a deeper space. And it's easier to pretend that it doesn't exist and, or it doesn't need to be fixed. And that's why it really needs to be fixed because otherwise it's really not gonna be fixed. Sometimes you have to fix it because it's so blatant. Um, anyway, so that's it. And the first insight was, Reading the Torah phrases, Nefesh Kisechta, could a soul really sin? And the answer is, yeah, Bishkaga. When a person forgets, not about the sin, but when a person forgets who they are. So lesson number one is, know who you are. You have a, you have a godly soul. Your nobility. Point number two is, look inside. Point number three is, be transparent, especially when you are in a position of power. That's what's truly powerful. What's truly powerful is not perfection. What's truly powerful is transparency. All right, that's it for today. Any other questions? No? Thank you. All right, pleasure. Join me tonight, live at 8 p.m. from my kitchen, maybe my dining room, whatever. Cooking with Rabbi Ari. This is the food show, the kosher food show that has gone viral. I have been contacted by Food Network. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. See, I'm being transparent. I made that up as a joke, and I'm saying, no, no, that's a joke. But join me tonight at 8 p.m. for live on Zoom, and I'll also be streaming it. Ah, uh, I'm going to stream it simultaneous to YouTube as well. So join me for that surprise dishes. I have a, a few ideas. Until I have the ingredients in hand, you know, it could, it could go either way. So join me, and you will love it. It was great to see everybody today. Mike, it's great to see you. Amy, it's great to see you. Let's see, who did I not say hi to? Um, uh, Karen, it's good to see you. And I think everybody else we got. Ray, it's great to see you, of course. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, Mike, Mike, I just want to, uh, Mike, I want to point out, we're going in competition for beard sizes here. I'm telling you, you are catching, I'm telling you're catching up. I'm just saying, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's like, 
Also, by the way, in case like after Pesach, yeah, 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 you got it, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sandrine. After Pesach, I know me also with the haircut. By the way, you know what I'm, you know what I'm googling now? I'm googling like the machines because I'm like I don't know if I want to go out to the whole, you know. I'm mean, got to support local businesses and whatever, but you know who knows. I, I think I'm just gonna. Oh, they are. Yeah. So I, I'm. I need. I need one of those. Uh, those machines, and I'll trust that. Re- yeah, Reva said she'll do it. So what could go wrong? What are you talking about? Like a like a blow dryer? What are you? Talking no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. The clippers. The the buzz thing. I don't. I don't fool around with scissors. Who has time for scissors? They just put the machine on. They put the they put the little guide in there. You know, it's not like a buzz cut, but they put a little thing in there, and they just go zoom, zoom, zoom. I just need a zoom, zoom, zoom. Mm-hmm. Remember the float. I'm here to tell you we're all having you know bad hair days these days. So no, no, it's not about bad hair. No, I don't mind the hair. It's I can't get a haircut after Passover until Shavuot, which is another seven weeks. If I go another seven weeks after two weeks. I can't tell you the last time I got a haircut, but let's say it was before a holiday that rhymes with shmash mashmana. So it's been a little while since uh, since there's been a haircut. So the bottom line is, you just make a ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Probably gonna be that long for all of us till we get a haircut. No. So that's what I'm saying. I do. Remember the floby? Do you guys remember the floby? No, you taught us about that. Never made it to Floby. Come on, guys. What is the Floby? It's time to launch it again. You know, I want to go to a new tab and type in Floby, but it's always, you know, who knows when you Google search. Um, You know, I'm going to stop sharing, and then I'll do it on my own over here. Let me see if I can find it. Floby, it doesn't exist anymore, but you Floby. Let's see. Haircut. Floby. Oh, my God. God, are you kidding me? Fantastic. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if this is the right one. I'm going to play. Only a skilled professional. Yep, 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 yep. Guys, I'm about to share my video. This is going to be epic, epic moments in epicness. Okay, you guys ready for this? It's happening. Uh, Let me get back to Zoom. Let me share my screen. And I'm doing a share screen on share computer sound, optimize screen sharing for video clip, boom, shakalaka, tell me when you're, share. Can you guys see this? Not yet, here we go. (laughs) You guys ready? This is about to get crazy. Here we go, tell me if you can hear this. Before the Floby, only a skilled professional could produce a good layered haircut. Tens of thousands have been sold to satisfied customers. Why? Because it really works. Proper suction is the key to getting great looking haircuts with no cleanup. device lets you give yourself and family perfect haircuts every time. Tens of thousands have been sold to satisfied customers. Why? Because it really works. Okay. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong with the Floby? What could possibly go wrong? 
I want to tell you this. When I talk about Floby, you need to know this. I don't make things up. I mean, not not in this. I would never make up Floby. I mean, but how br- uh, theoretically, it's brilliant. You attach to your vacuum cleaner, so it's like. It's so many birds with one stone, it's like remarkable. So first of all, it, it perfect, okay, there's a lot of hair. It perfectly got, like it cuts at a perfect, right? It's sucking the hair and then at a certain point, as long as the guide is, right? That's where it cuts. And then there's no cleanup. We are looking forward to seeing what it looks like. I just want to say, no, it doesn't exist anymore. There's no way I it think still you exists. You should just go with a man bun and, and join the rest of us. In, in, I, in no, the, I'm going to get a machine. I'm going to get a regular machine with a regular clipper guides, and I'm going to give it to Riva and tell her to do her thing. No, because Sharon is caring. She's going to want you to do the same thing to her. Oh no, 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 no! We don't cut Riva Bear's hair. No, that's not a no. thing. That's not a thing. Anyway, so that's that's all I've got for uh, Power Power Show. It's not all I've got, but at some point we should end the party. So listen, it's great seeing everybody. I feel like the Brady Bunch. We have exactly, right? da 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 da. Oh, wait, I'm looking at gallery view. If you're not looking at gallery view, you're missing out on Brady Bunch action because we have yes. the perfect number of people. So it's great. Um, oh, the yeah. one day when the fellow this fellow and they oh, knew God. that it was much more than a brunch or something, hunch. Cool. Okay, we'll see Thank you guys. You. All right, bye. take care. Bye, bye, bye. See you later. Bye. 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 bye.